You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. And we're going to finish off the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7. And uh, the question I would have asked this morning is, and, and I love asking questions, uh, because you've got to answer it, but I want you to answer it uh, between you and the Lord. And the question is, what type of foundation are you laying? What type of foundation are you laying? As you know, a good foundation is good if you're building a house. You've got to have a solid foundation. At the moment on the M1 between Madhubar and coming down to Reedy Creek Road, they're doing a lot of work. They're going to begin to widen the highway at long last. But it's a real pain when you're coming down with all the traffic and, 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 and slow speeds and so on. But what they're doing is they're laying a solid foundation. And if you're driving up there, you'll see them cutting out and, 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 and machinery going across and, and just pushing it down and, and so on and so forth. So it, it's good to have a solid foundation. And if you're a builder, you realise that that's necessary. And I want us to think about that this morning. I want to show you this particular picture. This is an interesting picture. What type of foundation do you have? Can we have the spotties off, please? The Leaning Tower of Pisa. I used to think it was a Leaning Tower of Pizza. But it's the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I don't know if you know much about it. In a moment I'm going to give you a few uh, information about it. But look at this one too. I think that's a good shot, isn't it? And uh, let me give you just a, a little bit of description about it. Here it is. They commenced building it in 1173. And after many disruptions, it was eventually finished in 1399. It took 200 years to, to actually finish it. That's because there were wars and, and other types of interruptions. It's actually 60 metres high, not at the moment because it's leaning, but when it was straight up and down. It weighs 14,500 tonnes, and if you want to climb up and you can do that, there's 251 steps to get to the top. It's leaning, but more importantly, it's actually falling. And it's falling at two millimetres a year. That's not much two little millimetres a year. And at the moment, it's five metres off-centre. And they reckon in 200 years or so, it will actually fall over. And the reason for that is because its foundation is on sand and shells. It's not on stone, it's on sand and shells. Hasn't got a solid foundation. And as I say, it's falling at two little millimetres every year, which doesn't sound much, but it's going to slowly but surely collapse. In recent years, they've been trying to stabilise it. They've been pouring cement in and everything else, but it's still falling at two millimetres a year. Wow. Look at that. Cyclone has gone through, and there's not much left. And the reason probably in most cases there that the foundations of those buildings have not been as solid as they should have been. 
solid foundations. And Jesus spoke about solid foundations. In Matthew chapter 7, and this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says this, Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them is likened unto a man who built his house on a rock. The rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat upon that house, but it didn't fall because it was built on a rock. And then he goes on to say, and everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them is like unto a man, a foolish man, who built his house on a sand. The rains fell, the floods came, and the winds blew, and that house fell, and great was the fall of it. Solid foundation. And Jesus said, those who hear his words are like those who build their house on a solid foundation. And those who disregard his words are those who are like building a house on sand. So look at those two houses and as I read that through, there's no difference in the houses. The difference is in the foundations. So looking at the houses, they would look both the same. And as we saw in the cyclone, the ones that aren't on solid foundations are going to be blown away. And every one of us are going to face storms of life. It's interesting that Jesus said in Matthew 7.15, which is just before he talks about these uh, different foundations, he talks about people who seem to be Christian, but underneath the wolves. He said the wolves come dressed in sheep's clothing. And so the warning is for us, and I believe here for us, is to not to look at man, but to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because he's the author and the foundation that we need to build on. All right. James says, this is interesting, James says, count it all joy when you enter into different types of temptation, knowing that this is a trying of your faith. In a moment, we're going to look at some storms of life that come against us. And I've only mentioned three, but each of us know that there's, there's heaps and heaps and heaps of different things that come against us. But James says, count it all joy because it's going to strengthen you to go on. But it depends on our foundation, doesn't it? How are we really standing when these storms of life come. And they can come unexpectedly. You know, we know cyclones are announced why days, even weeks before they actually hit us. But there are storms that suddenly come and hit us unbeknown, of what, unbeknown to us that it's coming and pow! How do we react? Do we crumble? Or do we stand firm in those storms? So what storms are there? Let's look at them. Financial storms. That's a big one. Our world is living in financial problems right now. This week, you may not have known this, but this week, 30 staff members of the Church of Christ have been stood down because the finances aren't there. 30. 
One of them is a, a chaplain at one of our nursing homes over here at South Point. He was offered three days a week or take a redundancy, so he took the redundancy. We are in a crisis with finances. What happens in your life when suddenly something happens, like losing a job, like having money invested and suddenly the interest rates drop right down and, and the money isn't there like it used to be? How do you react? What type of things go through your mind? You see, this is when we need a solid foundation because we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. There's a beautiful verse in, in Psalms. In Psalm 37, verses 1 through to 5. And David writes this psalm, and, he, and, and I've picked out just key verses in, from verse 1 through to verse 7. They are key verses that help us to be able to go through the storms of life, whether it be finance or, or, whether, or whatever. The first one, he says, don't fret, don't worry. <laughs> it's easier said than done, isn't it? I know people who, who just worry over anything. You know, they just about tear their hair out in, in any situation. But David says, don't worry. Jesus says, don't worry. That's the first step. The second thing is to, is to trust that God's going to see you through. You know, we've got so many promises in the Bible that are ours, but we need then to, to take them on board and hold on to them as the storms of life come. And then Paul says, delight in the Lord. Now, how do you delight when you've got problems and, and pressures that are, that are pushing you down? We see as you trust God, you, you begin to thank him that he's faithful to his promises. It's putting faith into action. And that's really difficult because we're human. And we want to know the answers. We want to know the answers now, not tomorrow or next week. We want to know them now. But Paul says, trust, don't worry, delight in him, and then commit it all to him. And once you commit it all to him, rest in him. And that's difficult. Yes, how often do we commit things to God and then we, we come back and we, we take it up? You know, I've said this before, let me say it again, that I believe that God throws it all in, into his sea of, of his forgetfulness. And then he puts a sign up saying, no fishing. Because we come back and we want to fish it out. Whether it be guilt, whether it be worry, whether it be not trusting him or whatever the situation is, we've got to hand it over to him and trust him. So I wonder what storms of life you're going through. What about the health storm? That can hit us so hard and so fast. You know, one of our dear guys, Rob, on holidays and all of a sudden something begins to happen in his body and then it's discovered that he's got cancer. You know, here's a situation that never dreamt of, a healthy guy, and all of a sudden we find he's got cancer here, there, and in different places of his body. That's a real storm. How do we react? We know people, I'm sure, we know people who, who suddenly are sick, 
We know people who, who you know, you pray for them and it doesn't seem to answer. God doesn't seem to come and, and give you the answer. What do you do? Do you go off, pull your hair out and, you know, I'm going to give all this Christianity away because it's not working? So easy to do that. But if we're building on a, a solid foundation, you know, Jesus said in, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall be open. Do we believe that? If so, then we need to act on it because that's putting our roots down into the solid foundation that he wants us to have. The storms of life are going to come against us, whether it be finance, whether it be health or whatever. We've got the, the promises of God. He will never leave us. By his stripes we are healed. I'm a believer in healing. I believe that God heals. I've seen miraculous healing. And yet other times I, I pray for people and nothing happens. And I don't know why that is. But I'm not going to doubt God. I'm still going to believe that he's a God who said, by his stripes we are healed. He's still a God who said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. And because I don't understand that doesn't mean that that's not true. And because you don't understand that doesn't mean it's not true. We've got to put our roots down and have this solid foundation. You see, if we've got, if we've got our, our roots down in the sand, then it's going to be blown away. It's the rock. It's Jesus that we've got to depend upon. Another storm. Every one of us is going to face this at some time or other death or loss of loved ones. And I guess all of us have experienced that. I certainly have. And I'm sure you have. What did you do when suddenly a loved one is taken? How did you react? Did you go into panic? Or were you able to know that God was in control? And watching over us. You know, I've conducted many, many funerals in my time as a, as a minister. And I've conducted funerals of, of people who have lived a dedicated life. And yes, there's grief. Yes, there's loss. Yes, there's tears. But there's a peace. Knowing that that person... He's in heaven with Jesus and one day we're going to see them. And I've conducted funerals of, of people who have no Christianity in their lives. And when someone dies, there's just no hope. And you see him frantically trying to hold on to something. But there's nothing there because everything's gone. They're on the sand and they're, they're falling. And the storm of grief and losses is beating against that house and breaking it down. Jesus said, those who hear my words and obey them is like the man who builds his house on a rock. But the person who doesn't do anything of Jesus and, and tries to do his own thing is like a person, a foolish person who builds his house on the sand and when the storms of life come, he's not going to stand. Jesus experienced grief. The shortest verse in the Bible is John 11:35. Jesus wept. 
And it's the story of Lazarus. Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Jesus was very close to this particular family. We don't know anything more about them. We don't know uh, where their parents were or anything else, but here were these three, brother and two sisters, living together. And as I said, Jesus built up a good relationship. And he got word that, that Lazarus was sick, very sick, but he didn't come. And then he got word that Lazarus had died and he arrives back at the scene four days later. And Mary and Martha are beside themselves, as you can well imagine, and they're just about pulling their hair out and saying, Jesus, if you had been here, this would not have happened. And so Jesus goes to the graveside and the Bible tells us, as he looked around and saw everybody weeping and, and grieving, and he wept, he felt the emotions of that. But he knew what was going to happen. And with a loud voice he said, Lazarus, come forth, and Lazarus was resurrected. Wouldn't that have been a sight to see? Wow. Solid foundations. And I want to finish with this verse, or verses. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The author says these words. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a crowd of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the answer, isn't it? The author looks at life as, as we're running a race. And he says, run the race, run the race. But as you run it, keep your eyes on Jesus. Because he's the one who's going to see us through. He's the one. He's the one who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus said, the person who hears these words and abides by them is like building their house on a rock. The person who doesn't listen is like a person building their house on the sand. And I commence with the question, what is your foundation like? What are you really building it on? You see, we need to build it on Jesus. We can't look at man, we've got to look at Jesus. We put our eyes on him and run the race. As the storms of life come, we can be overcomers. He wants us to overcome. He's there to empower us to overcome, but he can't do that unless we're allowing him to do it. So we need to focus in on him and allow him to be the author and the finisher of our faith. Let's come before him in prayer.